Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels. It can also generate income in both the near and long term, like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations. Check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. You're listening to another Big Buck Breakdown from the Element Podcast. going on all woods people hey before we get started our friends at exodus trail cameras uh wanted us to let you guys know that uh since this is the giving season here in december that they have created a limited edition laser engraved two percent for conservation lift two um so on top of them donating one percent of their revenue and one percent of their time annually to nonprofits, they'll be increasing their donations for this limited edition camera to 10 percent of the sale that's a pretty slick deal, man. And and really, one of my favorite parts is that you get to choose what nonprofit that your money goes to. So you can go to their website and click the drop-down menu, and you can choose from a whole lot of nonprofits, including like some of our favorites, like the QDMA, uh, the TRCP, or even the National Wild Turkey Federation. What you need to do is you need to head to their website on December 13th at 9 a.m. That's when these things go on sale. You can find the limited edition camera and select it under the camera tab and select your nonprofit, and then you will receive your Exodus Lift 2 that is backed by their five-year no bull corn or deer corn limited warranty. <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's an extremely limited quantity of these, so if you're interested, go check it out. Head to the website, and you can find out all you need to know. So now let's go to the podcast, and on today's episode, we have a good buddy of ours that's been a friend for several years now, Dylan Dowson from OnX. Uh, Dylan has put me to shame, <laughs> to say the least. Like I, uh, he killed he killed a really nice deer, and um, you know I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done it, but I was like, man, congrats on the buck. And then you know, uh, obviously, naturally, you kind of want to send your pictures too. But like in this case, I was like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> no, he's uh, he's a super cool guy. He's um, uh, very involved there at Onyx and and gets to hunt a lot, which is cool. It's a cool thing that like for your job you can you're kind of like 
also expected to hunt. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. One very day, often, sir. You know One day. One day. Yeah. <laughs> so a uh, pretty neat thing there. But, um, you know, before we, before we get into the interview with him, uh, we, we did a late season, um, is it too late to get your buck podcast recently? And, uh, where we tried to kind of like inspire people like, Hey, get out there and keep hunting. And, um, uh, I'm sorry that we did that guys. We don't really want to hunt anymore. Uh, this point we, we are done. This is, that was not, that was a lie. I'm telling you right now. Oh, that's not completely true, but. <laughs> Talk completely false. We, uh, <laughs> after doing that podcast, we headed to the woods very inspired. I yeah. felt like, like yeah. we kind of hopped ourselves up. Too much. And then, uh, we kind of let ourselves down yeah. a little yeah. bit. Well, we went to the wrong woods, I think. Did we? Yeah. She went to the north woods. We should have gone somewhere north of here, like anywhere <laughs> north of here. Uh, yeah, we went to, we went, um, uh, we did some public land hunting yesterday, actually, uh, here in Texas, which we have not done much of. Um, and it, uh, was, uh, we were reminded, it was very reminiscent of <laughs> the years past. Mania day spent on Texas public land. I, I had, I actually calculated afterwards and I was hoping mm. that I wouldn't have to do this, but I've definitely done over a hundred trips in and out on public land in Texas, um, that is, you know, walk in public land, uh, kind of open to the public stuff. I've done over a hundred trips without loosing an arrow. You've killed a coyote when I was with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you killed that hog or not, but it he did. looked real kill at it first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, a hog, a squirrel, you, you killed a, a squirrel. <laughs> that was not a good deal. Um, and then you killed, a meat buck. You weren't actually there, but you was were close. Not. I was close. Yeah. Um, you killed that meat buck, which... Um, and I've yeah. loosed two more arrows besides that. Oh, that's right. Scars I, I missed a, killed. I missed a spike before the meat that's buck. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Shot Dude, over his back. I'm sorry. It's only funny because you killed that day, but yeah. it was it was a funny uh, series of events because I can hear you just like, Dad, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like afterwards, like as soon as you missed, you knew, you know, and it was like whatever yeah. you said. And then, like after that, you're like, "I'm the worst hunter in the world," or something. Like I'm such an idiot. Like you said it on the on the camera interview, and I was like, "Dang, this guy's having a hard oh, day." Oh man, it's just uh, honestly, if I have too much time to think about something, I mess it up. I think because like that deer, I was like calculating, like okay. He's at this range and this, and I need to put this in my pen, and, blah, 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 and then I end up shooting over his back. <laughs> like, and then a couple hours later, I like was real rushed, and it's like, oh, 30 yards, thwink, and it was, it happened. Smoke yeah. city, yeah, in through both shoulders and just dropped him. <laughs> Dead in his tracks. It's Golly. crazy. Like, did not hit the spine, but he just stopped and dropped. Uh, yeah, like, he crazy. just gave up. Yeah. It's like, it's uh, kind of like an animal instinct, like a, a uh, large extinct eagle I grabbed him by his shoulders yeah he's like oh I'm done yeah. or a blue heron <laughs> that's right that's right but anyways uh we had a pretty dismal day on Texas public land which like um that. if you've been considering hunting Texas public land let me give you some advice um consider other things uh <laughs> I got a message yesterday from a guy it's like man uh where'd you shoot that buck you know on public and I was it's like man you know I I'll give you an idea, but I don't, like, just because I kind of know you, but I just, I can't tell you exactly, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, he was like, I was thinking about hunting some Texas pub next year, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, 
Have you been hunting? Because if you've been hunting <laughs> private in Texas, don't go do like it's don't go do the public. Man, thing. we kind of like to crack on it, and, but it is fun. It I is had fun, fun yesterday. Me too. Me too. We learned a lot. Learned a lot about deer. Even whenever you're not like seeing a ton, you see sign. You understand. Like yesterday, I learned what some pressure can do to a place, um, because there's definitely some pressure in a place that yeah. we thought there wouldn't be. But uh, either way, like I guess the if you want to take the um, the farceness out of this, if farceness is a word. Yeah. Like uh, the the thing you, if you take the funny out of it, like don't go to Texas public land expecting to kill a toad. Go or in there looking even. to have a good time. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, go in there and try to shoot a doe, I think. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's one thing that you and I haven't done. Um, like we've always, like we've got, we've, we do all this hard work in the summer and, it, and I think it's warranted, but like we do this hard work in the summer and then we go into a place um, uh, during the season and think, I'm not shooting a doe because I worked really hard to run truck cameras in here and there's a couple bucks. And if I shoot a doe, it could really mess this place up. Yeah. Know? Or, uh, deer populations are, it's not very dense and you shoot one of the three does that live in that yeah. area. That's one third less estrus running around out there. That's right. Whenever man. it's time for big bucks to come around. That's right. It's going to draw them to a different place where a doe hasn't been shot. You yeah. feel like so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, yeah, it, it really is fun, and I like this time of year a lot, especially the last two years because we've gotten quite a. We've had pretty wet winters, you know, mm-hmm. and you can just see trails so good this time of year, man. Yeah, it's and that, different. And like, if it's a good trail, um, and not a whole lot changes next year, you can expect that in October when the trail isn't there because deer, you know, here don't weigh a whole lot and whatever else the factors may be, they're not very dense. You can still expect that that trail is technically still there. So, um, anyway, yeah, it, it, it was fun, man. Um, uh, it was, we almost didn't see a deer. <laughs> we, we did see one right at last slide that we, we rattled oh, in. We did have like a good bit of like, I say salt in the wound a lot. What's another way to say that? Mm, dust in your eyeball. In the wound. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a good bit of dust in our eyeball uh, while we were riding from one place to the next yesterday. Uh, there were two bucks fighting in the road oh, ditch my gosh. on the way <laughs> from one place to the other. <laughs> hey, you said it best. You're like 300 yards from here, which is, by the way, where the public would be. Yeah. Th- that doesn't happen. And I was like, you know what? It really... Th- we've also seen another good buck right there. Like... That's uh, that's the truth. I mean, like they just they know where there are a ton of people hunting. You know, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. unfortunate. I know we talk about this, or we have over the course of this podcast a lot um, about how hard it is here and everything. But uh, yesterday, I was just I was like, man, so many people talk about these states, you know, and how hard it is. And I'm sure it is. And I'm not saying this is the hardest by any means, but like. Some of these states that talk about how hard the deer hunting is, they've got ag everywhere. Like, you've got still got a lot of deer. Just because you're not shooting three-year-old plus bucks doesn't mean that you don't see deer when you go out. And yeah. There's not does running around and stuff because there's corn and whatever else. Like, we got Bermuda, you know what I mean, cedar trees. Mm. Like, <laughs> they're just, it's just tough, man, when you start throwing a bunch of hunters in, in the mix. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, we're still, after all of that, <laughs> that being said, we are still probably a little bit excited to get back out to some of that stuff because we haven't checked all the cameras no we haven't we checked a good uh what we consider a good place a good camera yesterday that had really almost nothing on it but we did have one surprise visitor 
on there, which is a buck you have chased for years now. Oh, I thought you were talking about that guy. Um, Besides, that guy looked <laughs> yeah. right into the camera. Well, uh, I, I, you think you're a little more convinced than I am, but there, I, I still do think probably that this is a buck that we call leader who's been in my life since 2016? Yeah. 2016. When you got married. Yeah, it was like the week before I got married, I yeah. saw leader. Yeah. And here we are in 2019. He's like six yeah, or he's, seven. He's uh, worse than he was last year. Yeah, his his antlers are smaller. So he's Which, like six way, or seven years old. We could have killed him last year on Thanksgiving. That's two years ago. Was it? Mm-hmm. Dang, yeah, dude, we're getting old, old. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. On Thanksgiving though, we could have. Um, there was a discrepancy on a public boundary, and, yeah. uh, and uh, we thought he was not. Thank you, Onyx, for clearing things up That's at this right. point. Onyx! I, just, <laughs> I wish it would have been a little earlier at all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, man. Uh, I tell you, old Dylan Dowson has got it pretty clear on uh, how to get it done on the public land or yeah. um, block management or whichever one it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some Either way. Public access. Yeah, public access. It's all public land, right? It's yeah. some, like, if it's public access, public land, it's yeah. like, uh, think... gray area. Yeah, uh, sure. Anyways, <laughs> Dylan knows how to get it done, apparently. Yeah. So uh, why don't we get some details from him about his hunt? Do it, do. All right, on the phone right now, we have got Dylan Dowson with OnX. Dylan, what's happening, dude? Hey, uh, yeah, no, I'm just up here in Montana enjoying the nice cold weather in December. <laughs> How cold is it there? We really like weather reports on the Element Podcast. I don't know if you know that. But. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's actually not bad at all. I mean, we're uh, we're at like a brisk 20 degrees today. So yeah. um, I actually just talked to my dad who's over in eastern Montana, and I think it was like sitting around 4 degrees today with a pretty hefty wind. So it uh, could, be, could be worse. <laughs> There's something in like a when you say a single digit temperature that it just like there's some kind of like just grit to it, you know what I mean? Like it just sounds so terrible. It's something that doesn't happen very often here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last last year we hit uh, I think it was like negative teens and twenties for about a week straight. Oh gosh. How does anything survive up there, man? <laughs> just have to be tougher. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. imagine. I believe it. Um so do you speak in wind chills or do you speak in actual temperatures? Because we're not going to name any names, but friends of ours from up north like to really speak in wind chills sometimes. So is that like a thing that people up there do? Yeah, so I'm from eastern Montana originally. Yeah. Um, and the thing with that over there in North Dakota, we're so close to North Dakota too that like a lot of the times the wind chill is, you know, 20, 30 degrees colder than the actual temperature. So mm-hmm. it's like a, a huge difference. A lot of time over there, you know, we would speak in wind chill um which it wasn't completely uncommon to hit like a negative 30 day or two in a row oh, um, with, wind, with wind chill so yeah it just kind of varies depending on where you're at yeah it varies on how tough you really want to sound which it's all way tougher than me so it doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh speaking of that you you toughed it out recently uh in some of that cold weather and shot what looked to be like an absolute tank up there. Uh, can you tell us a little story about that buck, man? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as far as the weather side of things, it wasn't too bad this year. Um, you know, up here in Montana, and that's where I was born and raised. I've always lived in Montana, so I'm, you know, really familiar with the hunting up here. Um, we're fortunate enough to be able to – we have, a like, a pretty – lengthy archery season and then it rolls over into rifle so if you're not successful during archery season you have about a month um during rifle season you know to fill that tag and uh 
you know, here in Montana, you, we get what we call an A tag. You can use it on either buck or a doe, whitetail or a mule deer for most units, for most general units. Um, typically myself, you know, I, I've shot a couple of whitetails, but prior to this year, it's been, I think I figured 11, 12 years since I've uh, shot a whitetail. You know, I'm pretty much a mule deer hunter. Um, takes a pretty special whitetail for me to, you know, pick my head up and get real interested, Yeah, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. during rifle season. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, like I said, long seasons. Um, and then we are fortunate enough to be able to hunt during the rut. You know, it usually starts late October, goes till the end of November, um, which is kind of our, our peak rutting period, both for whitetail and mill deer here in Montana. So, um, but yeah, to kind of back that up, you know, with working at OnX here, um, I work on the community side of things and a lot of the people that I work very closely with are big hunters. Um, and so last year we did this, um, hunt late November where we all went out, you know, kind of made it a work event a little bit, captured as much content as possible. Um, and it was a successful hunt. You know, I think we shot two mule deer bucks and a doe. And then this year, um, we went somewhere completely different, completely new, um, different part of the state. And it was, you know, a same core group of people, the community side of things here at OnX. And, um, you know, we kind of went over there with with the plans of finding and hunting mule deer. I knew some whitetail would be around. I'd seen them in that general area before. Um, but, you know, it was kind of a mule deer hunt. And, you know, I know you guys saw the end of it, and I don't mean to spoil too much, but <laughs> it ended up being uh, turning out to be a, a whitetail hunt with the exception of, you know, a mule deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and you went in there and found a buck on, like, the first day and just smoked him, or how'd it go? Yeah, so, you know, we're hunting strictly public land, um, areas that we had never hunted, like I said, um, used the app to, to scout out some areas, and what we were doing is, you know, they weren't huge chunks of public. It was more like a section here, a section there, a sliver, you know, that might be two miles long that will run up into a coulee. Um, that's surrounded primarily by private land. Um, so we're hitting these little pockets and, uh, the very first morning to kind of preference this too, you know, we had, I think four days for this hunt. And then I was going to then go home to Eastern Montana and hunt for the remainder of the following week. Um, cause that was Thanksgiving week and I usually just take that week off, go home and see family and, uh, you know, go hunt with my dad for a week and so on and so forth. So I had about like a 0% chance that I thought I was going to shoot a deer on our hunt. <laughs> um, I, you know, I almost didn't even bring the rifle as a joke, you know, it's like, well, I, you know, I'm over going to be over back at home for over a week and that's, you know, I'm, I'm more than likely just not going to shoot a deer. Well, Long story short, ended up uh, throwing my rifle on my pack, and me and Jared, um, we split up, and Jared and I headed out in the morning, and we went to uh, hike up on this bluff where we could over- overlook this like creek bottom that came out of private onto a, a small chunk of BLM, and the reason we picked that, I guess, was from the road, it, you couldn't see it, you know, you had to scout it up and then hike up over about a mile and a half to get to it, and uh fully expecting to see mule deer the whole time. Well, we get up there, um, immediately spots some mule deer and I'm looking through the spotting scope at, you know, a decent mule deer buck. I think he was a three by four chasing some does. Um, you know, so it was just, it was great to just find deer right away on public land to begin with. And, uh, as I'm looking at that deer, um, 
Jared looks over and spots this whitetail buck. And right away, um, he's like, man, that's either a stud whitetail or a, you know, pretty nice mule deer. But he was kind of in the draw, hard to tell exactly what he was. But when he stepped out and I got the spotting scope on him, it took about three seconds to realize that, you know, that was a shooter buck for sure. <laughs> um, he, uh, I remember, I still remember he was looking at us and he was about 750 yards away and he was looking straight at us. And I even got this on phone scope video. Um, but he was looking at us and, you know, he's just the type of buck where he's a little bit narrow, hard to judge from the front. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he cranked his head and, and looked like completely sideways, I saw, you know, he was a big five and his fours were like eight, nine inches long. Oh, mm. like, yeah. And the, the sun was coming up just like blaring off of him. And right away I was like, yep, that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> And we're working with a chunk that wasn't really big. You know, it was uh, a chunk of BLM completely surrounded by private. And he was like smack dab in the middle of public when we saw him. Um, And once we did that, we did see a couple of does off to our left that were kind of working up the coulee. And we just kind of assumed, you know, I feel like at that point, um, I think I shot him November 22nd. Um, but I feel like at that point, you know, the whitetail rut was definitely winding down. Obviously the bucks were still interested, you know, trying to find a hot doe, but, um, it wasn't peak at that point for us. Mule deer, I I feel like was a little bit more peak, but whitetail was, you know, kind of coming off of it. And, you know, we just played, played it like he was going to follow those does. Um, even though he was probably a couple hundred yards away from them. And, uh, Jared and I threw the packs on and, uh, started to make a play on this buck and we, we get up over and at this point too, you know, Jared's the one who spotted this buck. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're making a play on him. Like Jared's gonna, you know, be the, the shooter on this deer. Um, and we get up there on this knob expecting Tino sit down, have a calm situation, be able to turn him back up, glass him back up and go from there, you know, but we get up on this knob and we peek over and, we didn't know it was him right at first, but we knew there was a buck standing there like real close. He seemed like he was super close, but he was about 200 yards. Um, but on a, on a flat down there and, uh, look up like, man, that's a nice buck. Like that has to be him. And right away, he just knew something wasn't right. I don't know if he saw us kind of skyline a little bit or, you know, it was just a mature deer and had a sixth sense that something was up. Um, but long story short, you know, we're, we're up there and I threw the binos up and I tried to get the spotting scope on him just to make sure it was the same buck. Um, about that time he kind of whirled and took off and I saw, you know, how long his fours were. And so I knew immediately it was the same deer and right away, you know, I had my pack off, my gun kind of ready. Um, just, just put a shell in and right away when he took off, Jared's like, he's going, he's going, grab your gun, get on him. And so, you know, hiking up there to try and get Jared on this buck in the split second where he took off, Jared knew my gun was ready and I was basically behind it and I had a better chance of getting on him. And, you know, he did the uh, selfless thing of telling me just to grab my gun and get on him. So I kind of ran up the hill, um, threw the bipod down and got on the rifle and, uh, he was kind of running away. You know, it wasn't like super spooked, but he just knew something was up and, um, you know, I asked Jared for a range and Jared ranged him and looked at the app and made sure he was still on public, which he was, he was real close, but you know, he was definitely still on public and, uh, kind of, I kind of, I don't know if I whistled at him or 
I made some sort of noise to try and stop the buck. <laughs> Anything I could do at that point. Yeah. He was, you know, a short few seconds away from being on private. And uh, anyways, he stopped and he was kind of facing away. But I remember he like, I'm looking through my scope at this point, And he like took one step to the left and shifted his shoulders just enough so he could look back and see what the noise was. And so it was a quartering away shot. But he like, at first when he stopped, I was like, man, I, I don't have a shot. I mean, I, it just wouldn't be good to shoot him where, how he is right now. But when he shifted his <clears> shoulders, <throat> I was like, okay, hey, I can like, you know, hard quartering away shot. I'll be good. They call it the and, Texas uh, heart shot, in case you were wondering. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically that, the <laughs> shot that I would have had. And uh, so he, he turns, and I could just tell by like the way he was acting, he wasn't going to – it's not like he was going to stand there and see what the noise was. He was you know, going to stop and then take off again and would have been gone forever. And uh, I think I asked Jared how far he was, and before Jared could even get anything out, it just – the gun went off <laughs> um, I heard him say three he started to say three and i think it was about 3 30 but as soon as he said three i knew i was you know in the ballpark and mm-hmm. i was going to be fine so i heard three and i squeezed and uh that buck went down like as hard as any deer i've ever seen go oh, down it was, that feels yeah. good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it felt it felt real good because it was i mean it was a pretty rushed situation mm-hmm. um you know it's not like I had a ton of time on the shot or whatever but you know i was laying down with a bipod and super steady practice quite a bit going into that hunt um but yeah anyways so it all happened just so quick and i was a little bit disbelief here you know like i said i had like a week and a half to hunt not expecting to even see a deer i want to shoot let alone shoot a deer and uh you know we're probably 45 minutes into our first morning of a week and a half that I have to hunt. Um, and I'm tagged out. So it was, it was pretty surreal. You know, it took me a second for it to sink in. Um, but you know, Jared, like I said, he was super selfless and he, uh, he was basically the one who told me to get on the gun and shoot the deer. Cause he knew I had a chance of, of getting him killed and he didn't where he was and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, so we, we sat there, I called my dad and, um, at first I don't think my dad believed me cause usually, you know, I'm fairly picky when I go home and, and, uh, you know, I told him to kill when I called him right away, he's like, you kill one. And, uh, I think he was asking like, you know, did me or what, or did one of the guys I'm with kill one? And I said, yeah. And I said, I, I kind of explained to him and I said, I shot one. And he's like, wait, what? He's like, <laughs> he's like you shot one. He's like, oh, man, must be a pretty good buck for you to shoot one up this early. Um, that's awesome dude it was cool and we you know gathered up our stuff and walked down there and uh yeah i mean he's everything that that we thought he was um definitely no ground shrinkage there on that buck but yeah it was it was just a super cool experience um you know great montana public land whitetail or great whitetail anywhere i think you know i'm Mm. not not a whitetail hunter myself um specifically but you know, I've, I've seen enough whitetails over, over where I'm from and whatnot that I know when I see a good one, and that one was definitely one that got me real excited. <laughs> yeah, dude, I had um, I kind of had some reservations when I started sending you pics of the bucks I shot in November. I was like, <laughs> these are babies compared to what he shot, but uh, you took yeah. it well. You're, you're a good friend, uh, and let me know that you're proud of me for shooting big eight points <laughs> oh absolutely i yeah. love big eight points especially uh, yeah and you 
you got it down on some archery bucks, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, they were both archery and both public yeah. land too. Yeah. Oh, so. see, I mean, yeah, I've been chasing around. I've got an extra archery tag, as I said, and been chasing around a few whitetails with the bow. And man, it's uh, you know, it's one thing to to get it done with a rifle, but you know, if I had a bow in my hand with with that buck the way that he was, it yeah, it. I don't want to say impossible, but uh, to get it done with with a bow is definitely a different story. Yeah, that man, that we hunt some open country stuff, and that's just it's tough with a bow, man, to do out there like that, and uh, on the ground especially. And man, I felt like I was kind of listening to like almost like a military story. It seemed like that your buddy Jared was like uh, coordinating the airstrike on the map <laughs> and like making sure that you were still on he was still on BLM, and then you're he was ranging for you. Like this dude is a friend, man. Like that's oh, yeah. a good that's a good guy to have in the field with you for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially like I said, you know, I mean, he had spotted the buck and that's kind of, you know, a general unwritten rule that we have is you know, you you kind of if you spot it, you have first option, you know, if it's not a deer you want to shoot, then, you know, whoever you're with and so on and so forth, but it all just happens so quick and um, you know, Jared's uh in between rifles kind of right now and so he he shoots mine sometimes, but he does have a He's been shooting a, a lever 30-30 um, with a scope on it. I mean, he's extremely deadly and accurate with that thing. But, um, you know, that buck was right on, like, the the distance threshold that he kind of wanted to shoot. Yeah. Instead of thinking about it or, you know, trying to grab my rifle, he's like, just get on the rifle, kill him. And uh, so, yeah, no, it, was, it was super cool. What kind of rifle are you using? Um, I've got a 7 mag. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I've been shooting. Yeah. Yep. So it's, uh, you know, it's obviously still a little ways, but, um, very comfortable with that type of shot. So he was like, just get on the rifle and that deer, who knows if we would ever seen that deer again, it was some pretty nasty country with some deep draws and some junipers. And he just happened to be, you know, crossing through that chunk of BLM that we were on. Um, I mean, that deer was headed up deep into private and, who knows if he would have either even crossed back through that piece of public again. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those, uh, let's get it done while we can situations and it all worked out. Yeah. That's awesome. I know you and I were talking about, um, packs this summer a lot. I think you had just bought a Kavari, um, of some sort. Um, is that how you got that deer out of there? I know in some States you have to bring it out whole. Like how did y'all get the deer out of there? Um, yeah, definitely. We, we quartered and packed that thing out. It would have been, probably a mile and a half to a mile and three quarters. So, I mean, we weren't in super far, but it was like up and over a pretty steep bluff and down through some like pretty gnarly like drainages and stuff. That would have been a miserable drag. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So yeah, the second that we got up to him, we're like, yeah, he's, he's coming out on our backs. Um, but yeah, so here in Montana, you know, we take everything. I, you know, we took neck meat, root meat everything um but i if i am not mistaken i'm pretty sure what you're required to take is like you have, you have to leave proof of sex on the meat um but the quarters back straps loins um i think are the only things you're required but i always take you know that the extra meat as well the neck and the the root meat so i'm not too concerned with requirements since i take pretty much everything anyways yeah but uh yeah jared and i you know got down there took some photos um, he made some coffee and we just kind of sat there and enjoyed, you know, the morning as the sun was still coming up and that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We quartered him out, threw him on our packs. Um, like you said, I have that Kafaru. I love that thing. And, 
um, threw them in the packs and hiked out and went and tried to find yarded deer. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. So, you know, what I'm kind of interested in is more that, that rifle side of things because uh, we live in a state that has a pretty generous rifle season, and then, uh, um, you know, y'all do quite a bit of gun hunting in, in Montana, and then kind of there's this space in between us all of the Midwest where it's like you get some hardcore bow guys who, like, they don't mm-hmm. even touch a gun, which, you know, to each his own or whatever. But um, in Montana, I know there's kind of the culture of uh, when it's gun season, you pick up the gun and go gun hunting. Is that kind of is that kind of how you feel about things? That's Yeah, that's definitely how I feel about things. Um, you know, it's, it is interesting in the sense of, you know, I do know some guys in Montana that, you know, were born and raised in Montana that still only bow hunt. I know some guys in Montana that still only, you know, traditional bow hunt and that's it. Mm-hmm. They're, um, they're real skinny, right? They don't have a lot of food. So. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I know some that are killers actually, but yeah. Uh, but you know, for me, I typically kind of like how, how I typically go into the season is I'm going to hunt elk with my bow until I am lucky enough to harvest a bull and fill my tag um, and then once seasons switch, you know, hopefully I got it done, um, with my bow during elk season, then I can focus on deer, but I don't spend a whole lot of time during archery season hunting deer. It's mm-hmm. just not something that I've, I've grown up doing. I want to get into it more. You know, I, I've, I've spent some time, you know, in some tree stands and ground blinds growing up and hunting whitetail here or there, but I would say my main focus during archery season is elk. Obviously the rut is during you know, that time of year. And it's much, I feel much more confident going into the elk woods with a bow in my hand in September than I do with a rifle in my hands in November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just kind of a weird, weird deal. You know, I've, I've had success with the bow, um, on elk and rifles just, it's tougher. So I spend a lot of time hunting elk with a bow. And then once rifle season hits, you know, I'm kind of, um, you know, it's, it's time to pick up the rifle and get after some deer. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and uh, that's kind of how I've grown up. In the past few years, I've kind of really concentrated on the bow, partially because most of our public stuff down here in Texas is is archery only, so it's kind of by necessity. Uh, but I, I love the the kind of assurance of uh, carrying a rifle if you you know if you're well practiced and you've got faith in in your in your tool. You know, like there's there's something that feels good about going out in the field that way. You know, and it sounds like you um, you took kind of not uh, you wouldn't call it a rushed shot but a shot that that you had to take in a hurry so i'm sure there had to be some practice and stuff involved um are you dialing on a scope or are you doing the whole like uh just kind of calculating all right 330 with seven mag hold the top of the back and you're going to hit right in the bottles kind of thing no i i do dial um i've got yeah so that rifle set up it's you know I don't want to say overkill because I love that rifle and, and shooting it. Oh, that's what like, I hunt with in Texas, and our deer are half the size of yours. So, <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, no, I've got a, a scope on it to where I dial. Um, and it's one of those things I just – I know my dial out to, like, 400 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I do have, like, a ballistics app, and I, you know, screenshot that um, – the ballistics chart, put it on my phone – as well as this year, I even picked up a, a SIG rangefinder that I basically put all my ballistics into, and then it will um, read various things like temperature, barometric pressure, et cetera, um, to give me a readout. But, you know, anything under 
you know, that 350, 400 mark, I, I just know where that gun shoots and what it needs to be dialed to. Yeah. And so as that buck took off and I was getting on the ground, I, I remembered I dialed up to two minutes, um, which is, you know, I'm good there between three and 350, even at 400 would be fine. Um, but I know at like about 325 is right where my, where my rifle's at for two. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I held right, right on that buck when he stopped, which I think, for me, it works. You know, I hunt with a lot of people who do hold over. Um, and, it, you know, whatever you're comfortable with and whatever you're practiced with is is what you should go with. And a lot of people are super successful with that. Um, but I just really like the precision of being able to, like, hold right on where I want that bullet to hit. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's uh, kind of uh, intuitive, right? I, I've done yes. the holdover thing some, and it's I think it's good to know that, kind of stats and you know in case you need to take a a a rush shot or a follow-up or something like that but it it just feels good to put the crosshairs where the bullet's going to go you know it it just makes sense you know for sure and that you know that definitely is an argument with like a rush shot but even you know me being rushed in that situation it i feel like it's just second nature now um you know to dial that scope like i i had that thing set on two minutes and you know, I didn't even realize I did it, but it's just subconsciously I did it. So it yeah. doesn't doesn't take much time. And, you know, I actually shoot I've been shooting a single pin sight on my bow, too, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, that's kind of not really controversial, but a lot of people don't think that's the way to go. Um, but, you know, I leave it set on 30 yards and then I've got a little mark where 40 hits. So I'm good all the way out to 40 yards with that single pin mm-hmm. like dialed anything beyond that. You know, I feel like it for the split second that it takes to dial that thing to 46 yards or wherever I'm shooting, like I shoot way more confidently and accurately with that single pin. So like, I'm willing to sacrifice that split second that it takes, you know, to, to get that on the exact yardage. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're a man of precision, man. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's the rest of the season look like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, our, our seasons in Montana are pretty much wrapped up. Um, you know, I've got uh, a freezer full of meat, so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be hitting any like late season elk hunts or anything like that. Um, I do have a, an extra archery whitetail tag to where I can shoot either a buck or a doe with that um, up until mid January. So I've been getting out after that a little bit. It's just been pretty challenging, you know, post rut. And a lot of the stuff that I'm hunting is pretty open. Um, it's more like spot and stock style archery hunting with a bow it's tough yeah Um, so it's uh you know i can go out and see deer and get on deer but to get under 100 yards of of a buck that's you know cruising or just feeding in some open terrain has been really challenging um but yeah i mean i'll i'll get after that and then you know show season's coming up for on x so i'll be pretty busy you know january into february at a bunch of trade shows and whatnot so kind of wrapping down i am going this weekend for my first uh First time of the year, waterfowl hunting. We're going to go try and turn up some some geese and some mallards this weekend. Cool. Nice, man. That sounds like a good mixed bag. It's fun to shoot at big birds. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And it's just a little bit, you know, it's different um, for me in the sense that I don't waterfowl hunt very much. But when I do, it's just a more laid back environment for me personally. Um, you know, I don't take it quite as seriously. I'm not 
you know, stressed out if I miss a bird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, a nice kind of laid back environment, different yeah. change of pace. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Well, don't freeze to death doing that. Cause I can only imagine how cold it is in waiters in Montana. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. dude, good luck with the rest of the season and uh, take plenty of uh, emergency before show season starts because it gets kind of <laughs> crazy. But otherwise yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll see you at a show and who knows, man, we might talk you into coming down here and shooting some pigs. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely open to that conversation. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's catch up at some shows and make something happen. And uh, two, for anybody listening who wants to like actually see that story, basically we, uh, you know, as I said, for this Onyx Hunt, we took as much content as possible and we compiled it into um, some stories that we ran on the Onyx Instagram. Um, we did save those by like day. So if you just go to the Onyx Hunt Instagram, under the save stories, it's like, I think it's on X deer day one or part one. And then we've got a part two, part three. Um, there was a lot of other, um, you know, not to spoil it, go check it out for sure. But Matt here at on X was, um, super fortunate enough to harvest another super great whitetail, um, on the trip that we got all on film and photos and several other bucks were, were shot. So it was a, a super cool, successful trip. Um, but yeah, go, go to the Onyx on Instagram and check out the safe stories to kind of click through them. Yeah. Yeah. That, and y'all stories actually are really fun to watch. It's mm-hmm. not like that thing. It's not like it drudges on, you know, like there's a lot of action, a lot of, uh, the good fun that <laughs> we like to have as hunters and stuff. And, uh, while y'all are, uh, looking at that, uh, story, you should go and don- download the Onyx hunt app because, uh, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know there's there a lot of what Tyler and I do. It just could not be done without Onyx. So uh, thank you all for making a great product. Uh, you know, I actually um, called in the troops uh, from a the top of a mountain in New, the middle of nowhere in New Mexico in the wilderness because I needed some help with uh, with some trails and stuff. So uh, uh, And Dylan helped me out with, with some stuff from the middle of nowhere this past fall. So uh, thanks, man. Appreciate all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, appreciate everything you guys are doing and all the support. So yeah. hopefully you guys can, uh, after this call, go good up, get on a nice buck and send me pictures within the hour. Man, <laughs> I hope that is the case, me sir. Too. We appreciate the, the well wishes. So uh, I guess we will catch up with you later, man. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. See you, bro. Well, sometimes it pays to be good and it pays to be lucky and it pays to be both of those things. Mm. And it sounds like Dylan's good. But he was lucky that it happened as fast as it did that morning. Yeah. And he's got a good buddy. And that dude, you cannot overvalue the importance of a good hunting partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something I appreciate in you. Pound that, sir. <laughs> and and uh, apparently him and his buddy are the same way, like just selfless. And uh, Dylan was definitely the benefactor of that. But I'm sure yeah. that if it was the opposite situation, he would have uh, – done the exact same thing but yeah. uh toad buck man and they're just man those montana bucks are gnarly yeah they you know are. what i mean they're like yeah just they like know. i feel like those deer they're like they don't really grow long tines a lot of times but like they always have like this kind of like rack like mass compact rack kind of thing going on mm-hmm. where it's just like it just I don't know. You know me. I like I like a heavy buck. Man. You're in like that mass. mass. I yeah. love it, man. Yeah. Tyler, uh, he'll tell you that time link's most important, but to deep score, down inside, to score, Tyler wants a massive buck. I, I like, you know, I like a, a buck. Um, I think, like, overall, I would like a buck that's just, like, when you look at him from the front, you're like, man, that's a frame. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if it's just big G2s 
and decent main beams, then that's that probably you know like, I like that buck a lot. Mm-hmm. But a like basket eight that's heavy is like also like an acceptable deer for me. So you're telling me like <laughs> what you really want is a deer that's got like really big G2s and G3s, but it's also like got a big frame, it's wide, and, and then it also and is massive. massive. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I, I got what you so like So 150 now. plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah well, I haven't shot um, one of those in a we while. We did not see one of those today, uh, as we kind of stated earlier. Yeah. We had a, t- a tough day on Texas Pub. That's how it goes. Uh, you had a good day on Texas Public a about a month ago. Yeah, yeah, a little over a month ago. I did barely over a month ago. Man, it feels so long ago. I know. Oh, also, it's like, how did it go that fast? But yeah, um, we released that video. I shot a buck. Um, I actually shot, I didn't realize this because it was just such a crazy trip, but uh, I shot a deer or a doe the, uh, the morning before. So, so back 24 to back hours days, later. Back to back days, I shot uh, I shot deer on Texas Public. So those videos both are separate, but online right now on YouTube. Go check them out. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Don't ask us where it was because we've had that question already <laughs> several times. Um, yeah, I don't know if y'all just probably our weekly public service announcement here at the Element is that, um, man, we'll help you out if you reach out to us or whatever as good as we can. We're not experts at this stuff, but we spend a lot of time on Texas Public. But we're not going to tell you where where we're hunting. Yeah, it's just, I mean, we've it's had guys send things. us like screenshots of their their places and say hey what would you do yeah or just like hey i'm starting to hunt public what would you do yeah man i i mean we can give some some advice as far as what we would do um not that it's that great but it might be <laughs> not that it's a good but idea it but be. it's something to do yeah and, <laughs> and so uh but we're, yeah we're not gonna necessarily tell you where we're hunting but that's okay man i mean it, it really just it's not that uh we're trying to be selfish or anything it's just that man we've we've put in so many so many hours into it that um, it's hard for us to like justify to our families, uh, Hey, I'm going to not see you tonight, you know, cause you're going to go to bed before I get back home or whatever. But then I'm going to go out there and hunt a place that's been blasted by a guy or two that may, I may have told where I'm hunting. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just not fair to our families. So there's a, there's several different factors. I think most of you guys understand. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, while you're on YouTube looking at those videos, um, there's a little buck or, it is kind of a little buck, <laughs> a little video. I mean, uh, big old gnarly buck. Yeah. That Tyler shot last year. That's been getting a ton of traction all of a sudden, which is really cool. If you let some heat out right here, <laughs> if, you've, if you've watched that lately, it's called "Oldest Buck Ever," I think. Yeah, I think um, that's what I titled it. And uh, it's a, it's the story of Tyler's hunt for a buck that he calls uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Um, that I didn't name it. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, Anthony Warren. Um, he lost a broadhead to that deer at one point in time. <laughs> yeah, I um, did. He's been a guest on the podcast a couple times, but it's a deer that has a ton of history. And uh, it's getting a ton of views right now, so thank you all for, if you've been watching that or you have watched it, um, if you haven't, go give that a watch. And also, um, your boy T might need a little defense on this <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't think, there's no foul done, right? Like, we all uh, have hit deer not exactly where we want to, and uh, you made what you thought was the right choice to let this deer sit overnight and come mm-hmm. back in the morning and get him right and yeah it's not like you made a terrible shot on it it's not like you shot him in the rear leg mm-hmm. right no. you just hit him in the liver and <laughs> one guy said it was the worst shot he had ever seen ever seen i was like man you have not watched a whole lot of hunting then <laughs> that's right <laughs> i mean i've seen some worse ones for yeah, sure i don't know man but either way uh old frank um 
you know, he, he met his end that night, and then he, he – uh, well, you just need to watch the video and see <laughs> yeah. what all happened. But uh, anyways – There's been um, some ragers. Been some ragers. Don't be a rager. No matter if you're watching our videos or some some person who actually is, like, completely d- a dummy. You know, not us or anything, <laughs> but, like, a real dummy. <laughs> Tongue-in-cheek, guys. But – just remember to be a good, good, be a good, nice person out there. Yeah. YouTube in real life, it doesn't matter because you're behind the keyboard does not give you a good reason to be mean. People, That's right, man. I've told several people like, I just wish before you started cussing me out here on YouTube that you would have gotten to know me a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you, you, these people are just making these big, broad assumptions, and I understand it. And when I was younger, uh, probably did some similar things. I, I, I don't think I ever did this kind of thing necessarily but i probably made assumptions uh i definitely made assumptions about people too quickly when i was younger and that kind of thing but man um you know i've had we had an, a person send an email even uh after watching the video and, oh she was like a PETA person or i mean something. i don't know if she was, she was or not there, I, don't, I don't know why she would watch it but like yeah she uh she commented on all the stuff and then she told me that she wished i had um I had terrible nightmares and all these different things. And so, you know, and I, I tried to respond as cordially as possible and tell her all these things and tell her like, look, no, as bad as, as sad as this makes you, it makes me, I'm, I was responsible for it. Like it makes me more sad. I promise you, you weren't as sad about it, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, not to mention last year I went without, uh, shooting a deer for meat. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had to give me some spike meat, you know? So like <laughs> it, it, uh, it was a tough year and that, that means a lot to my family to have that meat. She, she said that, that there, you know, you wouldn't have even ate that buck because it was so old and tough. Like you have no clue. You I've know? never eaten a deer that was tough because it was old. No, it's tough because you cook it. That's well right. done. You know That's what right. I mean? <laughs> so anyway, it was just, it was, you know, we've seen some of that stuff We these people get on there and they, they have their ideas of, you know, they've been hunting for 40,000 years and um, they've never let one stay overnight. And really, I've, I've tried to tell people, but I'm done doing it. Um, you can go back and listen to episode 21 where we had our buddy Justin Wright on talking about dealing with the loss is the name of the episode. And uh, Justin hit a deer low and back just a touch. I mean, to the point where I thought it was a heart shot when he first hit, but it ended up being a one lung liver, lots of blood. We thought we were going to find this deer dead in, in 100 yards. And I mean, you can see the video, it's a 2015 season video, I think is when it was, uh, it's the year I killed one eyed Jack, but, um, you can, you know, you can see the hit, you can see the deer walk off and everything. I mean, he's hurt dude. And we come back 28 hours later to look for him after we decided to pull out, we bumped him once we came back and we found him again the next day, 28 hours later, and he is still up and he is still running from us and we chased him for another several hours trying to get got other shots at him i mean if you haven't heard the podcast go back and listen to e21 this is a similar hit to what i dealt with with frankenstein Mm -hmm. it's a low and back which is a liver but um but you know we've there was a lot of blood with justin's deer more than with frank so the only thing i could do from my experience was leave this deer overnight i mean if i if i bump the deer in the dark and have no clue about it um, then I lose this deer indefinitely. I mean, and don't get to, don't get any like, you know, closure to the situation at all. So, uh, I still, I mean, it's not something that I took lightly. It's not something that I went back to the room and, 
just, you know, was like, ah, I'm just going to turn the TV on and veg out. You know what I mean? Like I thought about it all night and yeah. I got good sleep. You know, it's not like I lost sleep over anything because I'm, because I'm just, I sleep like a rock, you know, and I, I had peace of mind going to sleep that I was making the right decision. So mm-hmm. it just is what it is, man. But like Casey's point is really the, the key point here. Don't be going and raging people that you don't know a whole lot about their situation, their backstory, or, or who they are even. Make but sure you it's get also to know good to ask questions and learn. Sure. I've, like, I've appreciated the questions yeah. that have come to us. Yes, so. exactly. But just is, there's always a kind way to do just about near anything. Yep, that's right, so, man. Uh, just take that approach in uh, YouTube and in life. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I don't even, I was, you and me were having some fun before we got on the podcast just a second ago <laughs> talking about this, this whole situation because I don't know, people, people make some ridiculous comments about it, but anyway, it's up, it's doing well right now. So I guess that's good for us. I don't, I don't love that. That's the one that's doing well, but, uh, it's okay. It's, it's something that most people in the industry, I, f- I feel are afraid to show that kind of thing. And I know it happens and you don't see many videos of it. So it probably is shocking to other people, but we always just put it out there and tell the truth and, and, uh, people can make of it what they want. So anyway, that being said, we are, um, you know, we're deep in the late season right now. Still trying to figure out our next few weeks. We're hoping to get back to Kansas one more time. I know KC's chomping at the bit. And, uh, you know, other than that, if you, if you were looking for a good cheap Christmas present, we've got, uh, t-shirts online for 20 bucks. I mean, dude, you can't get a soft t-shirt for 20 bucks anywhere. And we've That's got right. them for sale. They're nice. They're neat. We're not and trying to make money. with the best graphic that there actually is on I a mean, t-shirt. Dude, I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to shoot an eight point under an, an oak tree? That's you know right. What I mean? like, with exposed roots. With exposed roots, man. <laughs> <laughs> Floating in the air. That's right. Goodness, it's the best. Uh, yeah, so you, uh, you can order a Christmas present at the website, which is theelementwild.com. Uh, it'll be linked underneath here in the show notes. And uh, also, KC made the point, but yeah, on X, man, check them out. Good people work there. We know the owner as well, and he's a super nice guy, man. Like, cares to listen to people, cares about people, which is not something you find in guys that are doing really well in life sometimes. So, with that said, go check it out. Use that. Go check the website out and get you some Christmas swag. And, uh, get back out in the woods man it's not over especially if you live in the south um there's a lot going on still and there's good good uh temperatures you know you don't have to deal with that at five degrees if you live in the south so Mm -hmm. very often which i was actually editing kansas film earlier today and i meant to tell you this but uh i was doing an interview and i was like okay so it's zero degrees this morning and i was like (laughs) i forgot about that dude man that was bad it's weird man it was so cold in november it was it was early november yeah december's been kind of mild but hopefully we'll get a little more cold weather and get them deer up and rolling and going some food getting some carbs yep so anyway i'm gonna go get me some carbs here in a second Mm. Think a little afternoon snack, but uh, guys, thanks for listening. God bless you, and remember, this is your element. Living it. It's a I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels. It can also generate income in both the near and long term, like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations. 
Check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. Riptide, a veteran-founded business. It's dedicated to producing American-made cleaning chemicals and also dedicated to creating American jobs. And that commitment is embodied in every product that's bottled, labeled, and shipped from their Arvada, Colorado facility. Safe for all firearm types and surfaces. Embrace the power of American ingenuity and protect your firearms with the best. Visit RiptideArmory.com.